Yeah, I mean, I would want to answer more than that, but yeah, the chronic absenteeism coaches um, from ODE yeah. are with those high needs districts, and then the um, ESD coaches that are um, with all the other districts that are at the ESDs are as well, all already. trained and working. Yeah. Okay. Um, myself. I'm Colt Gill. I'm the director of the Oregon Department of Education. And for those people who need the spelling, it's C-O-L-T-G-I-L-L. Um, thanks for coming today um, on this short notice. Um, I'm here to clear up confusion about the release of data um, to our schools and districts and about our schools and districts um, to the communities that they serve as well. So I wanted to make a few things clear at the beginning and then we can take some questions. Okay. So first, I want to make it clear that I made the decision about the timing of the release of this data. And before I even get into the um, reasons for that decision, I also want to sort of clear up some misconceptions about what the data is and what it isn't. So first, this doesn't include new data. Um, this is new formats that are um, really co-designed by families and community members in Oregon that put in a lot of information around what they wanted these reports to look like. And they include assessment data that was released in September and graduation rate data that was released back in December. I think that um, some information that may be new would include some of the chronic absenteeism rate data. So then I wanted to um, touch back on the reasons um, for this 
uh, the release date that, that I moved us to um, from October to November. And there are a couple of reasons for this. And to me, the, I think the, the one that I'll probably come back to again and again is that this wasn't about the data being ready. Again, this is data that we've had for some time. This is data that our schools had even before it gets sent to the um, Oregon Department of Education for the most part, and then it gets resent to them for validation. Um, the delay is about what kind of supports and services do we provide to our districts that go along with this data. We are in a place in time right now in education where we're making a pretty significant shift from what was the No Child Left Behind laws that we operated under federally to the Every Student Succeeds Act. And um, if you talk to educators who are around when uh, No Child Left Behind came into play um, nearly two decades ago, they will also tell you that that was a, um, it didn't immediately step in in year one, that it took a number of years um, to ramp up. And that's the same thing that we're experiencing today. To develop Oregon's plan under the Every Student Succeeds Act, ESSA, the Department of Education um, went to communities in Oregon to find out what they wanted that plan to be. So they um, took a caravan out to reimagine what education could look like in the state of Oregon. Um, they visited communities across the state, um, north, south, east, and west. And they heard a few things about No Child Left Behind. They got pushed back on, um, a lot of communities believe that No Child Left Behind narrowed our curriculum in the state of Oregon. They got pushback that that narrowing of the curriculum sometimes uh, reduced the engagement for students. And they got pushback on the shaming and blaming of schools because they felt like that shaming and blaming didn't just impact schools, that impacted educators, the students, and the families that those schools serve. So when they were asked to come up with, well, what do you want it to look like in the future, um, Oregon communities really came at us with four things. So these are four commitments that we've made. One um, first commitment is advancing equity for every student. The second is to bring back a well-rounded education to Oregon students. And the third is to strengthen district systems. In the old model of school improvement under No Child Left Behind, the state would bypass the local school district and go directly to the school and provide sort of a one-size-fits-all solution um, to those schools. And it worked in some cases and it didn't work in other cases. In this new model, um, the communities asked us to take local context into consideration, work with those schools and understand that systems that may work in Portland won't necessarily work in Baker or Imbler or Bend or Springfield. The fourth um, commitment that we made is to continue this collaboration. So we had strong collaboration in developing the Every Student Succeeds Act. Um, for Oregon, and they wanted us to continue that collaboration as we implemented the Every Student Succeeds Act. So that's um, part of what we're doing here, is trying to work closely with our school districts and ensuring that we are partners with them and we give them the tools that they need to succeed. So that takes me back to why the delay. So for school districts, I'm going to be clear that, again, this is data that they already have. It's coming to them in a new format. Um, with the at-a-glance profiles and the accountability um, detail sheets. But what's important to us is that we deliver to them 
the toolkits and supports they need to make use of that data so that they can improve student outcomes. It's important to us that we get it out in a format that's um, ready to be read by everyone. So that our um, system has not yet gone through an accessibility audit to ensure that um, people with disabilities can access these new at-a-glance profiles and understand them and read them. Um, we don't yet have the summary sheet, which is helpful for you all who want to look at um, how all of our 1,200 plus schools are doing on one page rather than the individual reports looking at them one by one. And we don't have the information that's sort of the tutorial on how do you read the new at-a-glance reports? What's in them, what's included, where are the definitions of our different terms like five-year completer and four-year graduation rate, those kinds of things. So these are all the support systems that we wanted to have in place and frankly did not have in place um, for an October release. I think that another um, problem with releasing these in October and caused me to shift that to a November release was some new rules in ESSA that are different than No Child Left Behind. So Oregon is unique among the states. Oregon has um, an opt-out law for state assessment. So students and families can choose not to participate in state assessment. ESSA doesn't recognize opt-out. ESSA expects that every school and district has a 95% participation rate so that the states can determine if students are making progress towards standards at every single school. So what this means in the accountability system is that schools can be flagged who may not necessarily deserve to be flagged. So I'll give an example. So you could have a high school in Oregon that has um, a high opt-out rate. So say that opt-out rate is 60, 70, 80%. In terms of the state's data, um, and I want to be really clear, this is not student-level accountability. So in Oregon, students can opt out. There is no penalty um, for those students. They're given other opportunities to uh, show that they've met essential skills and meet their graduation requirements. So I want to be really clear about that. But for the school level accountability under the ESSA system, this 95% rule kicks in. So um, what the ESSA rule says is that any student who's not participating under that 95% um, counts as does not meet or exceed standards. Because essentially the state has no data on those students. So you have to assume that those students didn't meet the standard. That's the ESSA rule, the federal rule. So it doesn't match up with Oregon. Again, a unique state has opt-out laws. So one of the things that we've been struggling with at the Oregon Department of Education is determining how do we support these districts um, when we may or may not have the essential data that's needed to understand which students need support and if any students at all in that, in that school need support. So I'll go back to my model. So we have a high school, say it has a 70% 70, 70 opt-out rate. It's going to look like at least 70% of those students didn't meet or exceed standards on those assessments in English language arts and math. So they would be flagged in those two areas. If they're flagged in any other area, say one group of students um, is chronically absent from school, then that's going to look like a school that we need to provide additional supports to to ensure that students are making progress towards meeting standards. When we come into that community, we're going to say, look, um, your school was flagged. We want to provide supports. We don't want to go in with a one-size-fits-all 
program because as we look at that school and the rest of the indicators, we may see that they have graduation rates that are outpacing the state average and one that we would actually hold up as a model and say, how can we have other schools um, do what this school is doing and beat the odds on graduation rates? So we have to come to them and say, look, here's what our state level data says. We clearly don't have the whole story. 70% of your students aren't opting in to take this test. Do you have any local data? And then that um, district may say, yes, we provide the, the ACT to our students. And then we would disaggregate that and we can make local decisions based on local data to determine where those resources are best used. Are they best used at that school or another school in the district um, that may have some real needs? So again, the, these reasons, the um, shift from No Child Left Behind to ESSA, all the supports that are needed to go along with that, um, this 95% sort of conundrum that's unique to the state of Oregon uh, around the opt-out system that we have in place, these are the reasons that I made the decision to move to November so that we could have more supports and systems in place for our school districts before we released um, this information. Um, I went over some of the things that, that we'll be trying to um, put out alongside these. I want to make it clear that in my role, my obligation is to students first and then the educators that serve those students. So these decisions on my part were all about ensuring that our educators are prepared with the information and supports that they need so that when they have this data and they're taking a deeper dive into it, they can put supports into place that make sense for their community and their students. Um, because of the confusion that's happened um, over the last 24 hours, um, and the fact that we have a really fantastic team at ODE that is um, working hard to make this happen, and because the governor has asked me to do this, we are going to release these at a glance um, profiles today and the accountability detail sheets today. Our hope is that these go live at 2 p.m. Again, I want to reiterate that um, the supports that we wanted to have in place, both for community and for our educators, won't be there because they are simply not ready. So as soon as we can get them ready, we will have some tutorials on how to read these new at-a-glance reports and they'll be on the same website. Um, we'll have the summary sort of detail sheets that um, combine information about each of the schools into one document. We will um, have our accessibility audit completed and make any corrections um, to the tools um, and the um, documents so that people with disabilities can quickly access them and read them. And we will um, be contacting each of our school districts um, where we'll be working with them to provide supports. This is again another thing that we would usually do prior to the release. Um, we would be, I would be calling superintendents and my senior staff would be calling superintendents and letting them know um, what the data is saying from our end and that we want to meet with them and go over local data with them and that we have some tools and supports like needs assessments and um, school improvement frameworks um, and things like that to help support them in, in their efforts to improve outcomes for students. So we'll be doing a little bit backwards this time. We'll be putting out the data first um, um, to meet the needs of community members who have made it clear that they would like to see this data. And then we'll be coming in and providing those supports as quickly as we can afterwards. 
And I think the last thing I just want to reiterate again is that um, don't expect to see new data in these um, at-a-glance profiles or the accountability um, sheets. These, these are not things that have ever been provided with new data. They've, they're data that has been released. So um, the assessment data has already been released in September, like I said, and in December was the graduation rate data. So um, what this is is a new format, hopefully um, really easy to use for families and, and um, community members to look at. And, and see how their school's doing and even compare it to statewide averages. I think with that I can um, take a few questions if you have. I'm glad to release the data. Are you releasing media files, the electronic form, so that we don't have to look at Yeah, so that's what PDFs? I said. So what I said is that that is not yet ready. So as soon as I get that ready, it'll show up on the website as well and we can email you, Betsy, when um, that's ready. I just want to ask you to clarify what you call misconceptions that this doesn't contain any new data. Have you put out chronic absenteeism data about every school so, in Oregon? I think that I mentioned that. What about ninth grade on track? Um, I would need to check on that. I don't what know. about percentile rankings um, of where schools stand, whether they're in the bottom five, the bottom 15, et cetera? Have we seen that already? So the school rating system is what the accountability sheets provide. So we haven't seen that. What about growth data on students' growth, not just their scores, but how much growth? No, it's the same data, but you're seeing it in a new format, yes. There's no, there's no accounting for growth in these ratings, student growth? There is in the, uh, in the uh, accountability sheets. Right, but we That's haven't seen see. that before. No, but again, the, the same data, you're seeing new formulas applied to that data. Does we haven't had a sense? way to see ninth grade on track or student growth or chronic absence. Yeah, student, right. So student growth, you're seeing a new formula applied to the data that already exists. And then um, chronic absenteeism, like I mentioned, hasn't been out publicly yet. And then ninth grade on track, apparently, is not out yet. So, so you said that um, the, the data is not new data, that it's been, in one case, available since September, and one case, December, mm -hmm. which was almost a year ago now. So. How has it taken so long to develop the supports for these school districts if you've had some of this data for nine, eight, nine months now? Um, and you have it all ready to release you know, the next day after this confusion. Right, so the data, um, I think that may have been pointed out actually in the Oregonian article. So the districts have had the data. So that, again, the data is not the, the, what's holding us back from releasing. What's hold it, what has held us back is to have all the supports in place for districts. And again, what I would go back to is we're in this context of a major shift from No Child Left Behind, um, which was a model uh, that we didn't find to make the kind of improvements we were looking for in the state of Oregon to ESSA. And it's a model in ESSA that was designed by local, with local communities in mind and with local community voice in the, in the development of the plan. And so ever since that plan has been developed and approved by the federal government, the state, the state of Oregon, the Oregon Department of Education has continued to work with partners to determine how to roll out each of these pieces. And, and what I can tell you is that um, we have folks working very hard to put together these toolkits and these kinds of supports. Um, we have contracts uh, with partners like Education Northwest to provide coaching um, to school districts. Uh, that, that want to access that coaching um, so that they can make improvements in their local districts. So all that work has been underway, and in October, we weren't ready to release that. 
and that, that's And this what is I the first show, year yeah. that you're releasing this information under SN, not No Child Left Behind? Yes. Yeah. Were you surprised by the reaction to all this? Um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised um, to the reaction to all this. The, the um, rule around what, our, what we call our at-a-glance profiles now is that they're to be released before December 15th. And so we're still well ahead of that um, deadline. You weren't aware that there was a tough election going on where education was a key component? Um, again, what I viewed as the critical information around graduation outcomes and assessment outcomes were data that were already out there. And this is um, a great tool. Again, I want to reiterate that um, the kind of uh, work that the um, Oregon Department of Education, our assessment team did by going around to communities even after the ESSA plan was created to go back to those communities and say over and over again, here's what we're thinking of for these at-a-glance profiles. Um, is this what you think that they should look like? And getting a lot of feedback from parents and, and communities in underrepresented areas. Um, I couldn't be more proud of what these uh, reports look like. And I think they will be very accessible to community members and to families. And so I'm happy to have those out there. What I wanted was, um, frankly, to provide a big splash and say, we are here to partner with our school districts and our local communities. Here's data on your schools, and here's all the kinds of supports we, we want to come to you with, um, local school district, and say, let's work together to improve outcomes for all of our kids. And that's what I was looking for, and I wanted to do that when we had all that ready to go. So when did that work begin on creating these supports? So the um, work began months ago, frankly, but there have been um, changes in both the, there were guidance around the Every Student Succeeds Act, around what the law meant, and then um, with the change in um, some of our uh, federal programs, that guidance was removed. And so there have been a lot of meetings around the country um, to try to determine what all the requirements are of the Every Student Succeeds Act. And so after trying to make sense of what the requirements are, um, we're relying on Oregon to do it in Oregon's way. So we fell back to um, what community told us. We're trying very hard to use a system that still, frankly, has very few measures. So in the state of Oregon, um, we measure English language arts um, and we measure mathematics. Those are the two content areas we measure out of all the content areas that are taught in our school, out of art, science, social studies, physical education, health. And that's not very much to measure the success of a school on. We knew that what our families and communities and educators want is a well-rounded education for their kids that keeps them engaged in school and shows them some relevance in their education towards moving towards um, uh, getting a diploma and moving on to the next step in their life with a plan. So that this, sounds, sorry, sorry, go ahead. It, that sounds like it's talking about what, what's reported, what's required to be reported. I guess I'm, I'm more interested in kind of the, the physical work on supports that's been done and like when that began, because why, uh, on your website there's a document that says that these test scores, would, or that these report cards would be released on October 11th. So at what point was a decision made that you can't meet that deadline that has to be pushed off? Yeah, so the, um, that decision was made in early October, and I don't have the exact date for you, um, but that document you're talking about uh, was put out 
um, more towards the beginning of the year, which is sort of the August. Thank you. Okay. So, um, and that's the cycle that uh, is generally put out uh, that our communications team puts out around when we put out all reports, and and I made an adjustment to it. What kind of conversations did you have with Governor Brown about the decision to delay this for three weeks? Yeah. Did you speak with her at all, and what did she say to you? So I informed the governor's office that I was delaying this, and for the reasons that I shared, um, uh, specifically around uh, making sense of this 95% participation rule in a state that is an opt-out state, um, and specifically around making sure that I had the tools and resources necessary to provide support to districts so that when they're making sense of this data and their entire community is seeing their data, um, that they're ready to provide supports to their so students. So who did you speak with in the governor's office then? Um, I speak typically with my um, legislative policy advisor, so Lindsay Capps, and then um, we have discussions. So you did not at any point talk about this directly with the governor? Not directly to Governor Brown, though. And what was the response you got from the governor's office when you told them that it would be wise to delay this? So I think at the time, it was understood that what we were trying to do was provide supports. So the response that I got um, was, we understand, move forward. But I think now the governor has um, clearly seen the, um, from the community that people would like to see these reports now, and she's directed me to do that. I agree with that, so we're going to put them out. I'm just sorry that we don't have the other um, information ready for our, our school districts and our students. Does anybody who hasn't asked a question have a question? What was the target date in November to get these reports? November 15th. Okay. And Colt, the Oregonian article alluded to the fact that, um, that the Oregon Department of Education told schools that there was going to be a delay but didn't specifically say why is that true and why didn't ODE just tell them what was happening? So again, for school districts, so in this I'm going to speak a little bit as somebody who was a school district superintendent for 10 years before coming into the state position. Um, these school districts already have this key information. So they are the ones that report it to the Oregon Department of Education in the first place. Then they get it back from us in different formats. Um, so for school districts, Getting this data is not something new. It's data that they've had. Um, what is important to school districts is all the supports that come along with it. And so that's where my focus was, was um, just letting them know this is when we're gonna deliver um, the information. That way they know they can prepare um, what kind of statements that they wanna create in their local communities, how they wanna prepare their web pages to access um, the um, at-a-glance profiles and things like that for their community. So we gave them what is the critical information for them, and then in order to prepare us um, to deliver with the kinds of uh, toolkits and supports that are needed so that they can make decisions to serve their students. I have students. a question. Um, when you mentioned, coach, you mentioned coaching as one of the supports. Uh, yes. Is that like a, a coach for students, or is that a coach for the administrators? Yeah, so it's a coach for the educators in the system. So typically they work on um, school improvement activities and help guide that process with um, all the educators in a school and or a district. So it, it looks a little bit different in different communities how they make use of that coach. That sometimes um, they receive resources for this. So sometimes a local district will choose to hire their own um, a coach and that may be a teacher on special assignment that has some um, specific skills. And other times we provide that through, again, through a, a project we have in place with Education Northwest. Is that the only support, or is there another support that is available? And then what is that like? Yeah. 
Um, so they won't be available immediately, like I said, but the, there are other supports available to them. So there will be um, some documents that are needs assessments um, that have uh, school districts take a very deep dive to look at their data and their community and the kinds of interventions and supports that they currently have in place for students and understand where the holes are for them, especially for specific student groups. Like when you say holes, sorry, what do you mean? What, holes. What helps fill those holes? Like a counselor, a tutor? Yeah, it could be that it would identify social-emotional learning as a whole. It could be to identify that um, their core curriculum in reading at the third through fifth grade level is not meeting the needs of the students. It could be any number of things like that. Um, and then we have a school improvement framework that has a pretty specific system um, to help schools identify how to prioritize um, what they want to improve. Cool. We've and then they have... We've been kind of dancing we have, That's all we have time for, everybody. I'm sorry. Was there any political motivation with this? Were you trying to help the governor get reelected? No, absolutely not. So what are we going to see? The accountability sheets will still... Will we see the sheets. schools that are eligible now for assistance that we weren't going to see? You know, that in a, I mean, a year ago when this information came out, that was kind of a gap in the, in, the, in the report that came out, as I recall. So are we going to see, like, okay, these are the schools that have, these are the high schools that don't have a sufficient graduation rate, and these are the schools that have low test scores that are eligible for support? Are we going to see that? Yeah, so the, the, what you'll see at 2 o'clock, so now, <laughs> um, is you'll be able to type in the name of the school or community. Um, you'll, it will come up with um, both their at-a-glance profile, which is really the tool for communicating with community and parents, how the school is doing, and then the accountability details sheet will be there, and that will include information um, about how the, uh, about the um, supports and things like that. So basically, thank you, everybody. PDFs thank you. That we're going to get. Right? I mean, if, and you said you tried to get us the, um, the full media as soon as possible. Any kind of ETA on that? 